We're a little over a week from training camp, so it's time to start previewing the different important battles that are going to be happening there, starting with the most important one, the quarterback position. We'll talk Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, all that right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast to take some of your questions about the coming camp battle. I'm Chris Carter, today's guest, Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video. And if you enjoy it, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Joining today, as I said before, is Wes Euler, my man. If you listen to him on Steeler Nation Radio or the Ears and Beers podcast with Adam Crowley, how you doing, Wes? CC, I am fantastic. I am back to work, but still smell like a vacation after a lovely week in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and uh, a little bit of time to calibrate here, and then it's off to training camp. Indeed it is. We, we It's going to be that time where it's nice and hot in Latrobe, and you and I are hitting up Sharkies and doing all the things. It's going to be a fun time there. Before we get into the training camp, we do have some news to discuss about that literally just happened right before we recorded this. Uh, video was shown cranes and construction crews taking down the Heinz field ketchup bottles from oh, no. Akershore stadium. So we now know it's probably not going to be the Heinz red zone anymore. That thing. I know a lot of faint Steelers fans were hoping for that to happen. And there were some hints that maybe it could have, but apparently that's not the case. Yeah. You know, that that's a little saddening. I, I didn't have a crazy hot take reaction to the end of the Heinz field era. I was obviously not, you know, ecstatic about losing the name and the local ties and the history and all those things. But I also, you know, Chris, you and I have, have worked in the sports world for a while. We're both in our 30s and adults now. We we know how business works. We know how the world works and that, money. you know, money, money talks and all those things. But I do think, yeah, we were all kind of optimistic that they would find a way to leave Heinz involved. Maybe it's just a Heinz red zone type thing, all those different things, keep the ketchup bottles in some capacity. That That is a little disheartening. It, it, it is, it is kind of sad to see those things come down. It's been a big part of the history. But like we said, it happens. But, Wes, let's get to what we came here to talk about, and that's this quarterback camp battle now. Of course, the Steelers have four quarterbacks on the roster, Chris Oladokun, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, in no particular order. Now, of course, you're looking at this QB1 battle legitimately being between three the three guys. Mitch Trubisky, who was signed to, to come here. Uh, Mace, Mason Rudolph, who they re-signed last year to keep him on for this year so that they had a quarterback staying over who knew the offense and had started. And in fact, Mason Rudolph has the second most starts under Mike Tomlin in his, in his tenure as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, Kenny Pickett, the team's first round draft pick. Now, I, I've said a million times over on this show, I do see Mitch Trubisky as the number one guy, but I'm intrigued, Wes. What are the ways that you think if if Mitch Trubisky is going to lose the spot, if he's going to if he's going to become be, end up being the backup, is it Kenny or is it Mason? And what is the big advantage or disadvantage you think that plays a factor into that into that competition? I think it's got to be Kenny. I listen. I am not one of these people who's oh, look at Kenny Pickett's age, and you drafted him in the first round. He's got to start day one, or you're wasting time. I'm not in that camp. 
I, I'm, I'm fine with giving him some time to get up to speed and yeah. to get his bearings and all those different things. But I'm also, you know, you, you sign Mitch Trubisky an hour, not even, into free agency. So it's pretty clear that, you know, you have the tampering week ahead of that. The Steelers identified Mitch Trubisky as a guy they wanted. They had some conversations. When free agency opened on that Monday, they had the deal ready to go, agreed. It was announced not even an hour after that thing opened up. What I'm saying with all that is there's clearly some belief there in Mitch Trubisky. Kenny Pickett, while they didn't trade up to get him, while he wasn't a top 10 pick or anything like that, still 20th in the first round and the first quarterback to come off the board and a guy that was right next to them for five years that they know pretty well. Clearly some belief and some investment there as well too. I don't think you make those two moves this offseason and and have the idea still that that you're going to give Mason that Mason Rudolph could be the QB one. I just you invest in a quarterback in free agency, you get the first quarterback off the board in the first round of the NFL draft. To me, if it's not Mitch Trubisky, you know, barring some crazy injury week one or something like that, where that, they still course, want where they still want to give yeah. Kenny a little bit more time, I think if it's not going to be Mitch for 17 games. Um, it, it's got to be Kenny Pickett whenever you kind of pass that baton or, or turn over the reins or go in a different direction. I, I do agree that that is something to be concerned, to, to, to look at there is like, well, injuries could play a factor there. But this this to me is is more so about when you look at these guys, Mr. Trubisky, when he's been on an offense that's given him opportunity, he's been a pro bowler, he's been a guy who could, you know, who, who, could, who could conduct an offense, and he's used to NFL speed. And I've said this before, I said it, uh, you know, I, I talked about this with, you know, on the final word on Sunday night. But, you know, a big part of what Kenny has to adjust to is not just the speed of literally how fast people are, but the speed of how quickly things turn around every week and, and yes. the depth that you have to dig every week. Because, yeah, sure, college players are used to learning a new game plan or coming out, but the complexities of, of how many things you have to consider because of how complex the, the NFL game is versus the college game, it is a challenge to remember all the things that you adjusted to and you learned in training camp that you might feel coming out of training camp feeling, man, I'm great. I'm awesome. But making those things stick, making them habit to happen every day. That's why it takes so much to be a professional in the NFL. That's why there's so many people that struggle in the early parts of their careers uh, and why it's phenomenal when a rookie does have a great start to their, to their time in the NFL. Those are the things I think that Kenny Pickett would be well served learning without having to cost himself or him hmm. or the team with, uh, with, with, with those type of plays. Now, that being said, if Kenny's thrown into the fire, I do think he stands a, a chance. Like I'm not saying that he's sure, hopeless sure, in that situation, sure. but it's just it's. I think it's bettering, but giving yourself a better chance to have give him have a, give him a fresh start where he's comfortable, where he's adjusted, and you're getting that guy. Plus, I, I do think the Steelers they want to compete this year. They don't want this year to come in a question like, "Hey, is this rookie just going to hold us back because he's adjusting to the game plan week week and it's taking him a little bit longer than everyone else?" Whereas Mitch Trubisky, again, this guy has 50 starts over Mason Rudolph's 10. This is a guy who's been, who's who's seen a lot of the teams of the, the NFL. Twice. Yeah. Been to the playoffs. He's he's been he's been there last year. He sat in a backup role. He got to think about his job a little bit more. You get like you said, they went after him for a reason. I think he fits the type of team they want to be. They're not going to ask him to sling the ball like Ben Roethlisberger, you know, in his prime. They're just going to say, "Hey, make the throws that are there. Use your feet to create the plays when they're when they're on the op when there's the opportunity." But this this team isn't going to revolve around you. We just need you to step up. And so, I, I think. To answer my own question, the biggest thing that would work against Mitch is if he comes in and he's having a hard time deciphering defenses. If if he's if he's just having a hard time reading things and if he doesn't adjust to what the Steelers and, and that type of thing slows him up, which that sometimes happens to veteran quarterbacks. There's guys sure. that are just sure. – they're meant to be journeymen. Like, that, 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 that's just the case. It might not be the case with Mitch Trubisky, but 
if he loses the spot, I think that's where it happens and where you see a Kenny Pickett or a Mason Rudolph kind of earn that starting spot over him. I just don't think it will. Yeah, I, I don't either. And I listen, I, I think it's about a 50-50 proposition that, that we see multiple quarterbacks start games this season yeah. for, for the Steelers. But again, you, you don't go out and have that deal agreed to and sign Mitch Trubisky so quickly in free agency if he wasn't a guy that you identified. We all know the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, Carolina could have taken Kenny Pickett in the top 10, and then there yep. that goes that option for the Steelers. So it's not like they knew they were getting Kenny Pickett in the first round either. Agreed. But a lot of the conversation about him leading up to the draft too, right, was that he's the most NFL ready of any of these quarterbacks right now. You know, he's had five years, you know, four and a half years as the starter at Pitt, five years in the system. He's a mature guy. He's got a game that translates well. And I think too, just – when we, you know, if you look bigger, you know, bird's eye view picture, I think Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett both are solid fits for what Matt Canada wants to do on offense. So all those things considered, I will not be surprised if we see multiple quarterbacks this year. I will be surprised, though, again, barring some type of injury or something like that, if, if one of those guys is Mason Rudolph in a regular season game. I think that would be an interesting twist to see him in this. I, I, there is a small section, not a large section, but a small section of Steelers fans that want to see Mason get his his day in court, uh, you know, to be able to prove his <laughs> to prove his case. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about some specifics. We had a question about comparing these quarterbacks. We'll take we'll take on that question in just a second here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about our great sponsor, Dave. Now, if you know about Dave, Dave is a is a banking app that help that that's going to help you, the, the listeners and the viewers with dealing with expenses now if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up dave's here to help with what's called extra cash a function of their banking app that can get you up to 500 instantly if it helps with filling up your tank getting wedding gifts catching up on bills all the things that you sometimes just don't have the money to do sometimes and there's no interest or no credit check needed Millions of people are already downloading the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some help, download Dave right now and think of it as a helping hand from future you. And that's that's the Dave app in the App Store right now. D-A-V-E, Dave. Sign up for extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Again, that's dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Back here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Wes, let's get into this question that I had from a listener who wanted to ask about comparing these guys, uh, these quarterbacks, on more of an athletic skill. Here's Elmore from Virginia. Hi, Chris. This is Elmore Holmes. Great show. I was going to work this morning and heard Keyshawn Johnson say that Mitch Trubisky was a way better athlete than Kenny Pickett. I don't believe so. I look at the way Kenny runs, and I look at the way Mitch runs. He looks more like a robot. He's good, but it reminds me of Alex Smith and uh, Patrick Mahomes, kind of, sort of. Maybe Kenny Pickett sits for one year and then comes in the next year, but I think Kenny Pickett is a better athlete than Mr. Trubisky. That's Elmore from Virginia. Thank you for calling into our Locked On Steelers hotline. Remember, if you ever want to call in, it's 412-223-6644 or email LOSteelersTopicBag at gmail.com with an MP3 file attached. Just keep your, just give us your name, where you're from, and keep it under a minute. We appreciate Elmore's, or Elmore's question. And 
Uh, Wes, let's talk about this because Keyshawn did say that, and he he said that. But I think Keyshawn, I think he was popping off at the mouth a little bit, just looking at sure, you know, sure. uh, the, he just kind of talking about what he knew and what he's seen. And you know, I think for a lot of people who are in the national media, they didn't get a chance to watch Kenny play in college. They didn't get mm-hmm. to see him do that. You know, they they might have seen the fake slide, but they didn't see all the times that he used his legs to extend plays. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't see his ba- his balanced way of, of getting the Pitt Panthers offense going and what made them such a dangerous threat. Yeah, and so I, I get thinking that off the top of someone's head, but when you look at these two side by side, Wes Kenny, I do think is the better athlete. Um, he is an inch taller. If you look, and we're looking at comparing their uh, relative athletic scores. Um, if you, if you, if you don't know what a relative athletic score is, just look up, look it up. Uh, Kenneth Platt on Twitter does a great job. It's a, just a computation of mm-hmm. all the, the stats and numbers that you get from combines and comparing them to all time quarterbacks, uh, and, and everybody, and it kind of ranks everybody. So side by side, when you look at them, Ken, Kenny's an inch taller. Now, Mitchell Trubisky does run a decent but a decently better 40 yard dash his is 4.67 seconds to kenny's 4.73 so almost a full tenth of a second but where kenny gets him is in the is in the splits and a 20 yard split he runs a 2.67 to mr bisky's 2.71 in a 10 yard split he runs a 1.56 to a 1.62 now if you're sitting there saying well chris what are we talking about here we're talking about him being more explosive coming out of his stance. And this is even more confirmed when you compare their vertical jumps and broad jumps. Kenny's was a 33 and a half inch ver- vertical jump. And that got him that, that compared to Mitch Trubisky's 27.5. And if you compare it, Kenny's graded in the highest of highs and come to all time quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky in the lowest of lows. And then with the broad jump, Kenny went a full 10 inches further. Mm. Than, than than Mitch Trubisky in his in his broad jump and Mitchell's actually broad jump was actually decent it wasn't bad but you look at those numbers and that suggests to me the starting and stopping aspect of Kenny Pickett is going to he's going to be quicker uh, to get into his 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 full speed and this is something that you and I have talked about Wes forty yard dashes are great but how often are you going to ask Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett to run forty yards in a in straight line yeah. in a straight in a straight line that's not stopping or stuff or starting or going a different direction. I think that that puts Kenny Pickett in the better athlete conversation. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's fair. Listen, I don't think that we're talking, you know, Josh Allen and, and 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger in this in this no. instance, right? Like, uh, we're not talking Tom Brady versus Lamar Jackson here. Like, there's not some right. huge gulf or gap between the two. But I think you're right. Overall athlete, and again, I've never been to a track with these guys. You know, I've... Right. I've never played basketball or anything with these guys, right? I really judge the athleticism and as they stop and start and how quick they are and how high they can jump and all these different things other than just the measurements that we see when they're in spandex at the combine. Um, I would give Kenny uh, an edge, not a massive edge, but I think for all those things you just said, I think the numbers back that up, and I think some of the eye test stuff is there too. While we've seen Mitch Trubisky certainly make plays in terms of mobility and, and with his legs during his time in Chicago... I think that Kenny has a lot of those clear examples that just jump off the screen. And we need to see how that translates to the NFL. Absolutely. But, you know, the fake slide is kind of the 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 crown jewel there of Kenny Pickett's athleticism, if you will. Right. But just go back in some of the moments this past season against North Carolina in the rain mm-hmm. yes. at the 
at the location formerly known as Heinz Field. Ah. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett made some great plays to move the pocket, to keep plays alive, to hit Jordan Addison for a, a touchdown that put the game away. I feel like against Virginia, you can say yeah. some of those same things up against another good quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. You saw oh. it against Clemson as well that too. His his ability to to move the pocket and confuse some defenses and use that athleticism to his gain. So. Again, I don't think that there's some huge gap, and I think you know that maybe if someone's trying to go that way, like maybe Keyshawn, that's you know maybe just radio fodder, just some some hot take stuff there. Awesome. I do think it's it's not a huge difference, but I, I would give I would give Kenny Pickett um, the the edge just because again I, I think we've seen, albeit at the collegiate level, and he's got to prove right. he can do it at the next level too. But we've seen I think more of that mobility and athleticism pop uh, than we have with Mitch. No, I, I agree with that, and. and this is where I'm getting at here is that again, it's like you said, it's not like an overwhelming difference. It's just that I think that with Kenny's tools that he has right now, I think he is quote unquote, a better athlete. Yeah, and yeah. To, to, to bring it up Clemson, that to me, even more so than the, than the, than the fake slide move, which was an impressive move by itself. But there were like two, I think it was third downs or fourth downs in that Clemson game in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. when Pitt needed a first down and Kenny used his legs to get it. And again, that's Clemson's defense. That's, that's not, that's not, you know, uh, you know, Duke. That's not uh, even right. even Virginia or Virginia right. Tech. Right. That's a that's a defense that often has guys respected across across the, the league. First and round get the, draft and, picks and get pretty first, consistently. Yeah, first rounders, third rounders, fourth all over the place. And so that was pretty good talent. He was doing that too, and they and they respected him for it. So um, again, I think that if the, if this is an athletic competition, that would give Kenny an edge. But Again, with the NFL and with the, with the speed that we're talking about, a lot of it is mental and getting the mental reps in, and that's something where it took Kenny some time to adjust to the collegiate side of things. He wasn't, you know, he this guy threw 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions for back-to-back seasons uh, for for the for the Pitt Panthers. Uh, Those numbers work out pretty well for you. Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. Yes, they. Do. I, I still say Kenny Pickett could have done more in both. Uh, but he held out. He specifically went for that. Just to he be did a it for he man. did it for Chris Carter. Exactly, he did it for me. I I, I choose to believe that. But uh, in in all seriousness, he turned it on in his fifth year when one Jordan Addison had matured into a, a really good receiver, and the receiving core got a lot better in, in his in his final year. But two. I think he was able to put everything together with Mark Whipple, his offensive coordinator. Now he's with Matt Canada, who crazy enough helped recruit him to yeah, back yeah. back in the, back in the day. So there's a there's a sense of that he's going to have to adapt to things. But what I've seen of Kenny Pickett is that when he's fully adapted, when it's his offense and he's in command, the guy can be an assassin, and that's where yeah. the Steelers want to get him to be. But uh, to answer Elmore's question, I do think Keyshawn's just you know like like let's say that's just hot taken in the summer, you know summertime. The, they're like us. It's it's it's. There's no training camp yet. They're they're making lists. They're do, they're talking about things. We're just we're we're pushing out content to get you guys to think and get you to ask questions and help have fun conversations about about these topics. But as people who are closer to the ground and go to the Steelers facility and see those types of things, I would give that edge to Kenny Pickett. I would also say I'm not going to put Mason Ruff on the level of these guys athletically. But I do think he's underrated. People forget that he had a ridiculously long run against the Detroit Lions last year, in mm-hmm. which he trucked a man into into the into the uh, the medical tent. Um, yes, yes. That, that was that was one of the more impressive truckings I've seen of a quarterback. <laughs> it was uh, in, in a while. So uh, I, I would say that Mason isn't as immobile as some people make him out to be. Uh, but that being said, uh, if if I'm picking one guy purely on athleticism right now, it is Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
And you know what? I mean, he's the youngest guy of the group too. You know, right. that, that that age, you know, you you about about your mid twenties, that's when a lot of times you're at your athletic peak. So yeah, I mm-hmm. think again, we, we gotta see it all translate to the next level. But I, I think I mean, Chris, I can even go back to his freshman year when when Pitt beat that was a number two ranked Miami team. Miami undefeated. I mean, Kenny Kenny had what like that? It was like fourth and fifteen, and he ran for yep. like thirty yards to score a touchdown to put that game away. You know, on mm-hmm. I believe it was like a, a a boot there that he ran. Like he's he he's got a nice body of work of using his mobilities to make some plays. Not that you can't find those examples for for Trubisky and for Mason Rudolph, but I think it just it jumps off the screen a little bit more with Kenny Pickett. It, it, it does. And again, it is also a difference between football athleticism and overall athleticism. You you may be you, so, you know, you may win the 100 meter dash, but we're not going to ask you to dash for 100 meters in the, in the NFL. Right, right. You got it. You got to be able to change direction. You got to be able to stop and start. You got to be able to make moves and process while you make those moves. Mm-hmm. So all those things being considered, I do think that it's a good question to ask. because I do think that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, a fun thing to see how that plays out in Steelers training camp when we see these guys. I also know Mike Tomlin is a guy known for uh, if he thinks that you're scrambling too much in practice, he will make you redo the redo the reps. Ask, ask Josh Dobbs about that. There were yep. so many times Josh Dobbs yep. would roll out and make a big play, and then Mike Tomlin would say, we need you to work, work on your arm. And there was even one time, and Gunnar Olszewski, Olszewski you know, shared this with me during minicamp this year, where Mason Rudolph rolled out and hit him for a deep pass. And, he, and Mike Tomlin says – Mason ain't rolling out and run all the way over there and making that throw. Come on now. Like that ain't real. So uh, the, the, Mike's going to press these guys to not just to, to combine their athleticism with their football know-how mm-hmm. and their acumen. So that's going to be impressive. We have one more question to get to from one of our college. We'll get to that question in just a sec here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about Built Bar. And we got to talk to you about their great new flavor, Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. If you like tasty, healthy, awesome snacks, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff and Built Bar are both for you. Now, if you remember, the Built Bars are the regular protein bars. They come in, you eat them. They're great. They're easy. They go down easily, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But the Built Puffs are the are the, are the more marshmallowy Built Bars that you get. They're lighter. They taste, they taste fluffier, and they're also covered in 100% real chocolate. And with this, you get a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. If that's not enough for you, remember that these things are all low in calories, low in sugar but high in protein while being all delicious and they're only there for a limited time so go to built.com right now so you don't miss out on the coconut brownie chunk puffs that are available right on their website and all built bars and built puffs are made with the same collagen protein which which your body absorbs more efficiently and it provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you and do that by going to built.com be sure to use that promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order when you visit Built.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Wes Euler. Uh, we've been talking about the QB1 battle of today, but we got a question that I thought was interesting about the yesterday of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's a bit of a criticism of moi and my opinions on oh. things. So, Wes, and I want people to know when they call 412-223-6644, it doesn't have to be glowing reviews or anything. It can just be, hey, I think this, as long as you're respectful, because I've had some people that are not respectful. Sometimes adults disagree. Right, and it's like, as long as you're respectful, 
you can get on the show if if it's a good question that works in with what we're talking about. Um, by the way, if it is bad, if it's disrespectful, I don't even hear it. Google tra- Google like siphons it out. So like, there's been a couple where I read your transcript and like, well, I just never hear what you say. Thank you uh, for, for never never actually getting me. Uh, but this person, Daryl from New Jersey, had a legitimate question and was a little fired up about it, and I respected it because Steelers fans they want to defend their own. Here's Daryl from New Jersey with his question. This is Daryl from Jersey. And I got a comment, Chris. I'm tired of hearing you repeat the lie perpetuated by the national media that Ben Roethlisberger had no arm strength. You should recognize that with an offensive line that can barely give you two seconds to throw the ball, you don't have an opportunity to go downfield. I would bet you right now that Ben Roethlisberger in a competition with the starting quarterbacks in the league would beat 30% of them in a distance and accuracy competition. Now, we'll grant you that, what, year 18, 19, where Ben is in, um, you get rid of that ball a little bit quicker than you did when you were young. Doesn't mean he doesn't have the arm strength. Please stop repeating that lie perpetuated by the national media um, and say the truth. The offensive line did not give Ben enough time to go downfield thank you well that was a little feisty but we appreciate questions like that again thank you daryl for your question and thanks people to from people from new jersey the they don't beat around the bush they get right they, to the point baby they get they get right to the point and daryl did just that so okay let's let's address this in a few in a few ways um one i never said he had no arm strength i'm saying that it was done compared to where it had been and what they needed needed to be out of and Yes, Ben Roethlisberger had the quickest release in the NFL for the last two years. They had, the offensive line didn't give him enough time, I think, several times throughout the year. But there were plenty of times that he had the, the, the time and the ability to, 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 see, to see and do things. And he just couldn't do it. You know, he just couldn't get it there. And there were some passes where, you know, James Washington had beat his man and the ball would, like, float in the air and then land, like, a yard behind him. And he'd have mm-hmm. to get into a jumping battle when really – Old Ben Roethlisberger would have flicked his wrist. It would have been leading James Washington. It's probably a touchdown, like all the times we saw him do it for Mike Wallace and Juju Smith-Schuster and just all the guys over the years. So I I, I get the I get the frustration there because the offensive line was uh you know was particularly bad. But was I, I want to bring their attention, Daryl's attention. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, after after I bring it bring up this point. But I want to bring Daryl's attention to, and I talked about this with yesterday's average depths of targets and everything, to where Ben Roethlisberger has been with his average depth of target. Last year, he averaged for every target 7.1 yards of air yardage for every time he targeted a, a Steelers offensive player. That was the lowest in his career. Back in 2008, when the Steelers last won the Super Bowl, it was up at 9.4. Now, Wes, back in 2008, you remember, Steelers offensive line, it's terrible. They were getting chewed up every single game. And in fact, there was one game where Ben Roethlisberger was sacked eight times in, against, in, the in, in, against the Eagles. You remember yep. that game. Yep. There was another game where he was there were, there were three other games where he was sacked five times. Another game cool. where he was sacked four times. He was getting demolished back then. But guess what you didn't have to worry about? that arm strength because he had a cannon and all i'm saying is that when you when you start getting ben was fine up to about 10 12 15 yards but once you started to get 25 30 around that range you saw that ball flutter a little bit and there were times he could hit it occasionally consistently but that's the whole thing about the arm is that 
it's very tricky. It's a magical thing that we don't know how to. There's no way to look at an arm and say, oh yeah, that that, that arm can get you 40 yards. You just you, you, you it's a, there's a lot of things that like, hey, we don't know all the things, but a large body of work showed when Ben Roethlisberger wanted to get the ball deep down the field. It just wasn't nearly consistent enough for what the Steelers need to do in the NFL. I like the way you just said that there. It wasn't consistent enough. I, I understand where Daryl's coming from, and this is why in a lot of ways it's tough to listen to the national media on these right. things because think about it. When the national media is talking about the Steelers on SportsCenter, on GetUp, on NFL Network, on Colin Cowherd, on First Things, for whatever it may be, right? Wherever you tune in for your national media football conversation, they're talking about Ben Roethlisberger for two minutes, and then they're moving on to the next topic. So there's not a lot of nuance there, right? It's, ah, uh, Ben can't throw the deep ball. The Steelers can't hit the deep ball. All right, well, next up, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, you know, right. it's... They're not having half an hour conversations and segments like you and I are. So I understand that standpoint from, from Daryl. Yeah, totally. To, to me, though, like you said, it, it, it was the consistency combined with just a perfect storm of, of other things. Right. Yes, the offensive line has stunk for two years, and that certainly yeah. did help. Yes, the Steelers have not been able to run the football very effectively for two years. That Balls makes hurts. it harder. When, when teams aren't stacking the box against you, it gets harder to throw the ball downfield. It's kind of the inverse of what we saw with Minka last year, right? And why the splash plays weren't there for Minka, because he was playing so far up to the box, he's not back there taking that away as much as he does. The offensive line performance over the last two years, Ben getting a little bit older and the consistency not being there, particularly on the back of major elbow surgery. Let's not yes. forget that part of this as well, too. There's, there's, there's rhyme to this reason. And while the Steelers, I'm not going to sit here and say the Steelers had a bad wide receiver corpse over the last two years by any, by any stretch, but it can look a little bit different. Some of those names that you mentioned that Ben was always hitting the deep balls to earlier, as opposed to... That's that's not Juju's biggest strength. That right. hasn't been to this point Chase Claypool's biggest strength, and it's there hasn't been again that word consistency that we would like to see uh, with, with Deontay in that regard. So, to me, it's not just as simple certainly as well. Ben Roethlisberger's arm strength stinks, and that's why they couldn't throw it down the field. No, mm -hmm. but his arm strength isn't as good as it once was. I ain't as good as I once was. Toby Keith, the <laughs> offensive line stunk. You couldn't run the football. And, and you didn't have maybe the elite downfield threats that you've had at times in the past. It's a combination of all those things. I think if you're trying to lay blame at the feet of just Ben or just the offensive line, I, I think you're, you're being a little short-sighted. There's nuance there. It was just a lot of things that, that worked against the Steelers being able to complete deep balls as consistently as, as they wanted to or needed to. And that's a big part of what I think can change about this year's offense, even beyond just the arm strength. Also, what helps with deep beat deep ball sometimes when you have the ability to get out of the pocket to buy yourself more time, mm -hmm. because Certainly. that was a that was another factor with how bad that offensive line was back in 2008 when they won the Super Bowl with quote unquote the worst offensive line to ever win a Super Bowl. <laughs> um Ben was still mobile back then. He still he bought was. a ton of time for himself and ran around. Ben couldn't do that this past year. So. I think that there's another factor that, that that goes into that is to consider that that Ben still didn't have the uh, didn't have any of the tools. And what the Steelers are hoping to get with a younger with younger quarterback play is guys who one can extend those plays more often and two can get the ball consistently yeah. down the field. And again, it's not saying that he 
that he never could. It was impossible. Because if you go back to shows that I was doing leading into last season, I talked about, hey, remember that Colts game when he started throwing the ball down the field, Deontay Johnson, and how things opened up once he started to do that? I was I was saying, like, hey, I think he might still have it. And then after a while, after, like, the fourth game, I was like, okay, I think, yeah, but the, that, that, that time is done. It's just it's dink and dunk time for the Steelers because he just can't get the ball out there anymore. Um, you know, and I was on the side of, Hey, I was given big Ben the benefit of the doubt, but just your analysis and being objective and being honest about the team that I cover. I had to admit that that was, that was something that, he, that it was, that was coming out of his career was that was the deep ball. Sorry. It was gone from his career was the consistent deep yeah. ball. Um, so, uh, and again, not saying that you're wrong for, for coming at the national media, but trust and believe I ain't them. You know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm here all the, all the time. I'm at the training facility. I'm at the practices. I'm at the, you know, I'm, I'm at the, the, I'll be at training camp. I, I go there and I talk to players and I, and I, I break things down. So, uh, know that that is not a perpetuation of a lie. It was an admitting of a reality that the Steelers dealt with. Yeah, and again, a reality that was not solely on Ben Roethlisberger. Right. He was, it was, it he was, was again, the offensive line, that. if they were better, it yeah. could it would have been Absolutely. a better opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. If they could run the ball more effectively, if they had mm-hmm. an Antonio Brown type playmaker on Ooh. the outside, you know, Ooh. like it's it's everyone kind of had their hand in that pile of them not being able to I mean, let's be honest, they couldn't do a lot of things on offense very effectively right. last year. Very not limited. just throw not just throw the deep ball. Um, but that is one that I think everyone kind of takes, you know, hand up. Some of that's on me. From Ben mm-hmm. to the O line to the wide receivers to the run game, um, it, it's not just as simple as "Oh yeah, Ben's arm is shot." That's why they couldn't do it. But that that is part of the equation. Not that his arm was shot, but that Toby Keith ain't as good as I once was. And when you're 39 years old and you are coming off of major elbow surgery, it it makes some sense. It, it does. And if you go back to as, as late as 2017, you could see his his target his, his average depth of target was up in like the tens. So uh, he there there what there was some some falling that happened on his part. But like you said, it was also a, a kind of a imperfect storm that made it that, that made it tough on the Steelers yeah. to get the ball yeah. deeper down the field. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, Daryl, for your question. Uh, we hope you understand our response and what we're getting at there. Thank you all, dear listeners and viewers, for checking us out here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Thanks, Wes, for joining us for another great episode. Let people can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yes, sir. Steelers Nation Radio. I mean, really, next week with training camp going, we're going to be ramped up. We're going to be back into our regular season schedule. Um, Moats and I will be having training camp coverage like six days a week. We'll have, I think, eight to ten hours of live programming on SNR, so make sure you're checking us out there. I host the Steelers Blitz with Arthur Motes. You can catch us at noon live on SNR. Uh, You can also just every show is uploaded in podcast format as well, too. Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, if you're a tortured WVU soul like me, ears and beers for all your Mountaineer podcast needs as well. Dude, 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 check out all of those things. Wes is awesome at what he does. That's why that's why we always bring him on here. Thanks so much, Wes, for joining the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Again, I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Cheeks. Read my work at SteelersNow.com. Check out this podcast and all the places I told you earlier. If you want to help out the show, go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star view with a positive comment. Do both at the same time. You get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Like this person, this person, DreJ121, says, Great show, five stars. Love the show. I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I love the perspective chris brings this to the show as well as his insight i also enjoy the weekly guests brought on the program i hope i can get a shout out deandre j from northern virginia dre we appreciate the shout out 
we appreciate the five star review and we appreciate everyone who who, who like, enjoys our work here and spreads the love around. Thanks so much, uh, Dre. We got another five star review. We'll read tomorrow's for tomorrow's show. But Wes, thank you for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears Wednesday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm.